Did you guys like that scary music? Welcome, it's Haley from Podcast 27. I'm here with my husband, Drew. Hi. <laughs> okay, so for today's episode, or tonight's episode, I guess, um, we're going to be speaking with Drew's Mimi. My grandmother. My grandma. Your grandmother. I said her grandmother. She's my grandmother, too. Yeah. Um, well, she's our Mimi, but... Yeah. We call her Mimi. Yeah. Her name is Judy. Judy. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking to her about her experience w- experiences with doing exorcisms back when she was younger. So and some cool ghost stories from yes. some cool places she's been. Super, super excited to hear what she's got to say. So we're going to call her. There's probably going to be some... We're sitting on the couch, so there's probably going to be some squeaking noises, rearranging, background noises, dog stuff, you know, just the use. Yeah, we're in the middle of moving around. Our... You, you sound really nerdy when you said yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting head tilts from River. <laughs> uh, we're in the middle of rearranging our house. It's got some new furniture coming in and making Haley's podcast room. Whoop, whoop. It's going to be pretty awesome. Pretty dope. I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. I can't wait for the major 70s vibes. It's going to be awesome. You you think it's going to be ugly, but. I don't like the color choices, but you know, it's not my room. I've got my own area, so. Mm-hmm. To each their own. <laughs> All right. You want to go ahead and call your Mimi? Yeah, unfortunately, I am not connected to the thing. Right this second. Oh so my we God, we were so ill prepared. We were, we were not. I we, thought you were going to call and then oh we God. started this and it won't connect right now. I need you to press the button on the thing. Oh. <laughs> oh, on the Bluetooth? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are we? I had the. Sorry, guys. I had the wrong thing connected. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, I can't connect to it. It won't let me connect. My bad. All right. Like to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where yeah. you're from. Well, I'm actually from Birmingham. Alabama, roll time. Roll time. <laughs> roll time. Uh, <laughs> but we live in Greenville, South Carolina now, and we have lived here for probably 40-something years. Long time. Uh, yeah, that is a long time. Uh, but before that, we lived uh, We lived in Atlanta. You did. And we, G Pop used yep. to have a job here, didn't he? He used to, and even after y'all moved, didn't he commute to and from Atlanta every day? Yeah. Yep. He did for a while. Yep. I didn't know that. I do remember um, him telling me that. He used to drive like two hour, two and a half hours every day to and from work. I'm driving in that traffic, and he said he never would do it again. <laughs> I don't that's, blame him. I do not blame him right. at all. We don't need Every time else. we. Every time we go through there now, he says, well, we will never move back to Atlanta. Yeah, the traffic here is... <laughs> is that why y'all don't like coming to see us? Well, no, that's not why. <laughs> I don't it's an acceptable reason. If um, that was your reason, we would definitely understand. Yeah. I guess it's because your mammy hasn't been well for a while, and we haven't been much anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the next, coronavirus thing, just traveling wasn't a good idea recently. So, yeah, I guess our next trip will will come through there, but we're gonna go to Florida, I guess. Yeah, and then you guys. Your mother coming... has not. Oh, sorry, you guys are coming to the Van Gogh exhibit with us too, right? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, y'all don't forget to let me know about that. Because yeah, well, I do want to go. Okay. Well, awesome. Yeah. Let us go ahead and get started. What would you do? You want to start off with um, just telling us a little bit about your experience, how you got into, I guess, like the church and stuff, or what you were. I don't know where to begin with all the stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can really well, just start picking kind of your first paranormal activity stuff that you dealt with and kind of lead into some stuff you've you've experienced yeah i've um 
there's a lot that I can't actually remember a lot of years ago about the exorcism, and, but I do remember it. But I, I still remember a good bit about the ghost in Myrtle Beach and Georgetown. Yeah, <laughs> they made a big impression on me. Let's put it that way. Uh, but when I guess when uh, uh, the kids were little. When we lived in Birmingham, our next door neighbor was a pastor. And um, we all went to church together and uh, didn't know much about exorcism or anything about about any of that to tell you the truth. Uh, but he, I, that pastor, we got kind of close to him, and he started telling us about exorcism and, and kind of uh, educating us on what it actually was. Uh, I knew about demons, uh, but I didn't know how you go about exercising the demon out of somebody. Yeah, because I didn't really, I didn't really realize that. Uh, that they were demons inside of people that that were just ordinary people. I know a few. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry, I had to. You some, take care of them. Yeah, I need you to come <laughs> exercise them a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think oh. I think some people are uh, definitely got some demons for sure. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I had to add some comic relief there. Yeah, well, I definitely believe that. I mean, after some things that I saw, I, I realized that there were demons in people. And uh, I'm sure there's demons now in a lot of people. And like you said, I probably know some people. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am curious on your, your thoughts on this. So I definitely believe that there there is those things and with with certain people's experiences that they've had especially someone like you who i obviously respect highly and believe pretty much anything you've ever had to say to me so my thought process on it is is i wonder if over the times if demons have kind of changed how they possess people or like the actions they have whereas so you you obviously have all the exorcism movies where people get possessed and get really sick and start like changing their voice and yelling and turning into these different uh-huh. people. But I wonder yeah. if there's different levels to it now where people today who are possessed may not go through those same things. May maybe they've evolved. That's oh River just dropped her antler. Mm-hmm. So I wonder yeah. My thoughts on it are, I think that they've evolved and there's different ways that they manifest themselves nowadays versus how they used to, but I'm just curious your thoughts on it. I definitely think that they can manifest themselves in different ways. Uh, But from back, from when I had experience with it, uh, I was told when when he was telling this pastor was telling us about an exorcism and what he, evidently he had been going through this for a lot of years uh, and performing exorcism on people. That uh, he said that there there's there's a place inside of you uh, and whether it's your heart or whatever, but. Uh, they get it gets uh, like an empty spot, and if you have anything to do with demons or uh, things like that, then they can get inside of you, uh, just like when we would uh, when he would have us come over and say he's going to do an exorcism, and would we come over there because you have to you have to have somebody in the room with you uh, in order to exercise demons. You, you don't just do it with the two of you. Yeah. Um, and 
if you don't have this, I always thought it was just in my heart because, you know, if, if, if you have uh, spaces in your heart and that are not full of, I would say, if not full of the Holy Spirit or whatever, then a demon can come out of somebody and go into you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he would always. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I've, I've always heard that, like, that was the whole reason that there's multiple people involved in the room is to kind right. of avoid it jumping into people. Or just for safety precautions. Well, that too, but I, 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 I mean, I feel like that ties in with it, so that you obviously don't want to do an exorcism alone because then it just goes from that person to you and then you obviously want right. to. Yeah. But anyways, go ahead. So before you actually perform the the exorcism, you pray for everybody that's in the room. And you make sure that like they don't have, uh, I guess, an empty place in their heart for, for a demon to get inside of it. Because a demon, like you said, the demon will come out from, a, from one person and go into another one. Yeah. So, so he would always pray with us. He would, you know, he would call us up and tell us that he had somebody over that he had to perform an exorcism on, and would we uh, be able to do that? And the first time I was scared out of my mind because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I mean that's a terrifying he, experience. Even when you were telling me the stories when I was younger, I mean, I mean. Even then, just that was kind of bone-chilling to me. Yeah, he would tell us, you know, he said, now, I, I can't tell you what to expect because I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure every single did. one is different. I'm sure that it's never the same yeah. process and never the same, I mean, multiple right. different kinds of demons. And like we said before, different ways of manifesting themselves. Uh, but just a couple of examples is, uh, when he would begin to pray for, for this person or whatever. Uh, and sometimes they were, uh, they they weren't, just to, know, just to know them or look at them, you wouldn't think they were bad people or anything. Yeah. But he would start praying, first of all, that uh, the demon... That, that he would recognize the demon. He wanted to know who the demon was inside this person. And that was amazing to me. I mean, I sat there probably with my mouth wide open uh, the first time uh, because he would all start demanding that the demon have a name. You know, well, what what is your name? Who are you? And sometimes they would say Lucifer. Sometimes they would say the devil. And while they were having all this experience, the looks on their face and how they changed was, it's just something that you can't hardly explain. But you knew that something was not right with that person. Yeah. (laughs) And they would, I mean, I've seen them, actually throw up uh, to the point where you just it was just unbelievable how they could do and then they would say you know you're not getting rid of me or I'm not leaving here and so he, he would keep on until he would get more and more out of them and they would admit more and more you know yeah and um, they would uh, sometimes they would throw things. That's what scared me. <laughs> yeah, I would be scared you know, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they would pick up things and throw it, or they would get up and hit the walls, or uh, just different things that you just would never expect a person to do. That was. You know, you'd know they had to be out of it to be able to do all this. Because it wouldn't be something that you would just ordinarily do. Yeah. 
I think um, that I think that all those movies that have the exorcism stuff, the thing that like always kind of puts it in perspective for me is when the voice changes and you can tell that it's right. not a voice that can come out of that person. Like that person doesn't make that noise. Yeah. So right. like when someone's vocal change happens and I'm sure that that's that's happened in, in some of the stuff you've seen and like just the way that they sound kind of like you said you can just tell it's not them oh and they would go back and forth they would you know they would go into this voice and tell them to leave you alone you know leave them alone and they weren't going anywhere yeah uh in other words, they had settled down in this person, and you weren't going to do anything to get them out. And so, sometimes the it would last ten minutes. Sometimes it would last an hour or more. Uh, it's just to how willing the demon how you could how how you could get to them, how you kind of knew their their weak spots. And he would know that. Somehow he would know that. And he would keep on until he got them to admit all this stuff. And like I said, sometimes they would, you know, they would throw up. Uh, and their eyes just would be so scary. You could, I mean, you could actually say, well, that's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's where they would look. That's so scary. uh, It it was just, like I said, the first few times that that he asked us to do it, we were kind of oblivious to what was going to happen. And then we had done it for quite a while, and then we kind of knew what to expect or not know exactly what to expect, but we knew that it was going to be something out of the ordinary. And it was going to be something real. Because when I first was uh, saw it, I kind of said, you know, is this real? You know. Yeah. Uh, because of the stuff that they would say. And like you said, like Drew said, the way they would sound. And it was just completely... It was just something that you just don't want to do. You don't want to be a part of. Uh, but the whole time we live there, we probably would set in on one or two a week. Oh, wow. Somebody would show up, show up at his door because they knew that that's what he did. Yeah. And our people would bring him there. My dog is crying for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> It's my baby. Oh. Uh, Lizzie? She's hot. Yes, it's Lizzie. And yeah. Lizzie don't usually do that. Oh. Let's see if I can. You let me look at her just right quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, that, y'all put me on. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Talk about me. Oh, oh man. Yeah, those, those whole. Do you want to? Do you want me to pause it? What's going on with her? I think she's in pain. Oh. She's still crying. Oh, yeah. I think she's just in pain because she fell off us so bad. Oh. And today she, she jumped off the couch. She oh, sleeps on no. the couch and wrapped up in her blanket. And I'm afraid she might have hurt herself. Oh, no. But you guys have medicine for her? Yeah, we got medicine for her. Okay. Just make sure she gets gets it and feels better. Um, so we're gonna come back we're gonna come back in. We paused it, so we're gonna come back in. Um uh, I got one kind of more question once we start. I'll kinda lead in with that. So Okay. You can go ahead, I already started it. Oh, okay. So pretty much my question as far as Oh my gosh, I just totally blanked on what I was going to ask. Oh no. Great. Um, oh no. Yeah, I definitely forgot. So kind of the the thing that I was going to ask you was, is 
Why do you think that there's less kind of coverage on exorcisms nowadays? Because it obviously used to be a much more common thing for people, for people to perform exorcisms. So, yeah. Oh. So why do you think that kind of it's kind of not happening anymore nowadays, or at least there's not any coverage of it, or do you think it's just being hidden? I think it's being hidden, but I think that one thing that brought it all out was the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. And uh, because around us, it was happening pretty regularly. Uh, it was not a uh, a big thing for like people to show up at his door, and that's when I mean when I first when we first kind of got introduced to the whole thing. Like I said, I didn't realize it was that kind of thing that was so prevalent uh, that there were people that actually had demons, you know. I kind of thought it was just a movie. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like I said, the more that we were around it, the more that we set in on things, you know. I mean, he would, sometimes he would have to go to their house and do it. They would have demons in their house. Mm. Or or, uh, demons that would be in a certain room and the the person would tell them about it, you know, so that uh, if when they would come out as a demon, then they would tell them, you know, oh, you're not going to get me because I I have my own room or just things like that, you know. If they would come out and say that, uh, and like I said, he would actually go to their houses and exercise the demons uh, and because once a demon got in there it was hard mm-hmm. I mean he would absolutely be sitting there sweating sweat pouring off of him like crazy him trying to get to that demon and what he would have to go through to get to that demon uh, because they didn't want to come out they, you know, they would tell them, I said, you can leave me alone because I'm not going anywhere. And sometimes he would have to stop. Sometimes he wouldn't be able to do it. But most times he could get through to the demon. Uh, yeah, like in the and, movies, I, I've noticed that there's several where it takes several sessions for them to finally break through or even multiple days where... Especially on the ones that are really bad. Uh, and it would just kind of, uh, when you sit there and you hear their names, I mean, it's just, it's so real uh, that that they, you know, that they just couldn't come up with this stuff on their own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You would know that it was. It has to be something that was inside of them. Something had taken over their uh, personality, and their. Uh, sometimes it would be the, the demon of alcohol. Sometimes it would be the demon of abuse. Uh, it would just be different things, you know. Yeah. Uh, and. You would think that you wouldn't be get surprised at anything that you would hear, but but you would, because it wasn't something that you would be really expecting. And I was always made I always made sure, D and I both, that we were prayed up. Yeah. Before we went into one of these sessions, because uh, after. Especially after seeing the movie, and the movie was movies were real, you know they uh, they were scary. Yeah. Um, uh, but 
Oh, like I said, we went, we went through that a good bit. We lived by him for about two years, and he actually is one. Drew, I don't know if you remember or not, but when oh, oh, well, I'm gone the blank now. Uh, when Chris fell out of that two-story window. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we lived, uh, I actually was scared that something had taken place, a, a demon or something, and had been responsible for him just falling out that window. But he fell out of that window, two stories, and hit right beside the bicycle that mm-hmm. was laying on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it knocked him out and everything. But the first one there was that preacher. Mm-hmm. And he actually took uh, Chris and I to the hospital. And Chris was out of it the whole way there. And uh, I prayed and prayed and prayed on the way there. And it was a while before we got, after we got in the hospital before he woke up. And I, after it was over with all, I asked him, this pastor, I said, did that have anything to do with all the exorcisms that we had been through? Or do you think anybody, anybody was trying to get to us? And he didn't think so. And that was a relief to me. Yeah, I would believe so too. I would think that that would definitely be a huge weight off your shoulder if you felt like your your son had been possessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, Haley, do you have any questions for her on this before we kind of switch over to the? I think the only question I have is, what was the last exorcism for you where you knew that you didn't want to do it anymore, or where you just decided that you weren't going to be doing them anymore? Um, no, I don't, I don't remember exactly the circumstances or, but then I talked about it and I just remember us saying, you know, I don't think we want to be a part of this anymore. It's not that we didn't believe it and especially in what he was doing because he was actually doing good for people, but I just said, I just said, got uncomfortable in it. Yeah. Uh, especially when, you know, when they would uh, start talking in that funny voice. Yeah. Like a, um, like a, uh, like a devil's voice. And they would sometimes would say, you know, you better watch out. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to get with you or something, you know. Yeah. Something that was kind of unnervous. <laughs> and so we just decided and we told them that we really just didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't uh, blame you. Not, I don't not think anybody would blame you. I don't even think he would have blamed you. <laughs> not that we didn't believe in what he was doing or anything. It was just, it was just, not always, com- well, it was never comfortable, but there was times that were worse than others, and it would drain you, mentally and physically drain you. Sounds like my job. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> Demons are a but, different exhaustion. Yeah, but... I could tell out when we exact the exact time or anything. I just remember that we decided that we didn't want to do it anymore. Completely fine. Um, so and he completely understood. He was you know, uh he actually just got other people in there. <laughs> uh, He's like on I, to the I, next I, ones, whoever's <laughs> willing to Yeah. Do. Well, to the next dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, gosh. I just uh, anyway, it was just an experience and something that I really, really, 
just wouldn't ever want to do it again. Yeah. Even though, like I said, I believe it, and I believe in demons. Uh, and especially more going through that, because uh, I never thought about it like, you know, the demon of alcohol or the demon of, of something else, you know. Yeah, I never really I, even I, thought of it that way either as far as, like, specific yeah types of them or different manifestations that they come as right but uh i guess leading into the next topic do you think that your experiences with all of that kind of made you more susceptible to your paranormal experiences that we're going to talk about next uh it might have it might have because I, i i have a strong hunch and my bones that those two were kind of correlated whereas the afterlife as far as people kind of sticking around or getting stuck in what i would consider to be like a purgatory where they can still manifest themselves as paranormal things is kind Uh of in the same realm as possession and demons who are also kind of trying to break through to that realm who can't fully make it back here obviously but can well because the thing is when sometimes when people die their spirit is has not accepted that they are moving on to the next life well, yeah and I'm, i i kind of have some deeper thoughts as far as like unfinished business and mm-hmm. unfinished unresolved problems that kind of trap you before you yeah fully pass on to what i i believe is heaven and hell Mm -hmm. i mean everybody has their own different beliefs but as far as the paranormal and the possession stuff goes i kind of think that they tie two and two together and it all plays one big part it all kind of ties together but yeah i was just wondering if you think that your your exorcism stuff kind of made you more susceptible to the paranormal stuff you experienced well it probably did, Drew, because I, when we moved to Georgetown, and the first thing we started hearing about was how the ghost was so prevalent. When was this? When when did you guys move to Georgetown? Uh, let's see. Michelle was small. Okay, so, so late 60s? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 60s, and uh, even though there was a lot of, I mean, we we would go into it. We would go like at night with these friends of ours. We actually would go ghost hunting. <laughs> uh, that would also people, explain why you ran into ghosts. Where is Georgetown in Washington D.C.? That's what I'm. Lo- I'm looking up where George. What Georgetown was this? Uh, the store camp, South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Okay, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and the the ghost stories were actually all up and down Myrtle Beach, Grand Strand, all through there. Oh yeah. Uh, and they were very, very much uh known by everybody. And our friends down there. We would we would actually get together, and they knew pretty much where to go and what to do to find these ghosts, and they were real. I mean, I, I know that even I saying that now, you know, is do I believe in ghosts? But we saw things and had things happen to us that you would definitely have to believe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the one of the main stories down there is about Alice, and that's a well known story down there, and it's a well known story. There's books been written about her, and uh, but. We actually experienced things, Alice, and she was our, uh, 
from a well-known family there in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were very, uh, had a lot of money. Uh, In fact, a lot of people down there had, you know, were very wealthy. Yeah. But her her family was very wealthy. And she uh, got involved with this uh, sailor that the ship always came into Georgetown. And that's where these these women would get with these soldiers off the ship. And but she got involved with him and she got engaged to him. And of course her family was very upset over this. Uh, and in order to get her away from him, they sent her to a boarding school off and uh, but he came back and they got engaged. Uh, but she wore the ring around her necklace around her neck. Yeah. And he always said that you know, that that would never happen, that they would never get together. And she came back from from school, and uh, she got real sick. And uh, eventually, she died. But she had that ring around her neck. And he the necklace from her neck and put the re- threw the ring in the uh, ocean down there. And this we've, we've actually experienced, but she is buried there at uh, one of the churches down there on the Grand Strand. Yeah. So, I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, it was it was like a graveyard, and that's where she was buried. And the story was, and this was before we ever went and actually did it, but you go to her grave, and you walk around backwards 13 times without stumbling, and the rings on your finger will turn around. And she's looking for her ring. That happened to me, and... Oh, Drew, you know these sisters. Yeah. Uh, when they were down there, we took her, and she actually did it too. And her rings turned all the way around on her finger. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> That's so scary. Which was very scary when it happened to me. I just, you know, I I just couldn't believe it. I was trying to do everything to explain it away, but it. it it actually happened. And we would go down there at night, and there was a, a little um, chapel in the graveyard, and there was a candle in the window. And if that candle was burning, you knew that Alice was outside of her grave looking for her room. And we could actually see a figure out in the graveyard with a flowing white dress on and they said that was you know that she had on her wedding dress uh, but we we actually saw that several times and one Halloween we went down there there were several of us that went and on Halloween they would lock the gates on all on the Cemetery, because that people just went down there on Halloween, yeah, to see what what they could, you know, get into. I guess what they could find. But we were standing there one night on Halloween, and we turned around and started to leave, and the lock fell off the the gates. Oh my gosh! Oh no! And yeah, just I mean, I was so scared I couldn't even talk. <laughs> I just remember running and getting in the car, and uh, a couple of us 
not me, but a couple of them decided to go on in the cemetery. Oh, no. Not a good idea. And, no, wasn't a good idea. Because they actually ran into Alice. They actually, I mean, they actually saw her. And it was the guys that had gone in, you know, guys will do things, you know, when us girls won't. But it didn't take long for them to turn around and get out of there. But I, I won't ever forget that, how that happened, how the locks just fell off the gate. Yeah. I would uh, run myself to the car and drove off on out of there. Yeah, it'd be a no from me. <laughs> well, one of the guys that came and got back in the car, we had an umbrella because it had been raining that night. And he stuck his umbrella out. From, he had it out the window, and I don't know why he had it out the window. But somebody actually grabbed his umbrella. Oh, my gosh. Out of his hand. Oh. And that's their umbrella now. They they they've got yeah. that umbrella. That's theirs. <laughs> and so we we talked about that afterwards. We said, you know, if we come back, we look for her and have that umbrella. Yeah, <laughs> get the umbrella back. <laughs> Except at that point, I wow. wouldn't be taking well, it back. Well, at that point, Alice was just mad because her dress was soaking wet. She needed the umbrella to dry off. Right. She was tired of being out in the rain. <laughs> I would have grabbed it too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we did have an umbrella, so it might have been raining. I don't know. I don't remember that much of it. I just remember it. I was just saying, please get out of here. Please get out of here. And as we were driving out, there was two big coal lights that were right there by the cemetery. And as we started driving out, they started blinking on and off. Oh, gosh. They knew. The spirits knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, that's so scary. I just, that night was just absolutely. But we went back. <laughs> of course you did. Not, not that night, but we went back then. And every time anybody would come to Georgetown to visit us, we would take them out there. <laughs> I mean, we took them to all these places where we knew that. Something abnormal would happen. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun for us to go. I would like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that, that is, that's one of them that is very, uh, sticks out in my mind. Ooh. What uh, is the gray man? The gray man is, uh, he was actually, um, engaged one of the women there in little town and he was coming back to marry her and he was coming across the marsh there at Polly's Island and uh, he got got in the marsh and started sinking and his uh, guy that, rides, that would ride along with him saw this happen and he he went down in the marsh. Well, it said that uh, she would, uh, the girl that he was engaged to, would walk up and down the beach at different times of the day and night. And that one day she was walking on one, I don't know if it moved one night or something. I don't, but I saw the evidence uh, that she was walking down the beach and all of a sudden, she saw this man coming toward her, and he was dressed in all gray, and she recognized him. And she said that was her fiancé, and the closer she got, he disappeared. But he came back just long enough to tell her to get her and her family off of, all, off of Polly's Island. Said, it's danger, and so y'all get out, get off the island. And so she went back and told her family that, and they did leave. They left then. And what actually happened is a hurricane came, 
and destroyed most of the houses on Polly's Island, except for theirs. Interesting. Their house house, house wasn't touched. Well, to make it a long story short, is one of the hurricanes that came while we lived down there. That next day, we went to Polly's Island, and uh, there was one house on the island that had no damage. In fact, there was clothes hanging on the line outside of Bladen Street and towels and stuff. They were not touched. And the houses next to them and everything. And come to find out, that couple that lived in this house had actually been warned by the gray man the day before. Oh my gosh. To get out of there. And like I said, we I wonder if it's the same house that didn't get touched back in the first one. I wonder if it's the same I one. I don't know. I don't know. It could have been. But, but like I said, the clothes and everything were still hanging on the line. Nothing was damaged. That's crazy. <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. But they still, to this day, say that... Uh, that gray man appears to people on the island. Uh, I wonder if that's like about, a lot winning the lottery ticket. Like you, you, <laughs> you get visited by the gray man. You're like, yes, I'm safe this year. I don't have to worry about yeah. my house being blown away. But, but um, like I said, that was just that was one of the things, and I'll tell you. One more, and then I'll come down and hear more. But oh, we we we're fine. We'd love to hear more. Go ahead and give us another one. We were at uh over at our friend's house one night. Several of us were sitting around, and we were telling these ghost stories. And of course, they knew a lot of them because they were from there. In fact, uh, some of them still live there, and I'm still in contact with some of them. But we were sitting there, and. Uh, all of a sudden, the doorknob on the front door turned. And it scared me so bad that I jumped the coffee table. Because <laughs> we, we were sitting there talking about ghost stories, you know. And so it was her brother, though, and he came in. And one of the guys there said, that's a sign that somebody has been in one of our houses while we were gone tonight. Well. Shelly, Dee's brother, Dee's sister, was at our house babysitting. She was visiting us, but she was babysitting Michelle and Matthew. And when he said that, it scared me so bad. And I told Dee, let's go home. So we got in the car and went home, and we found Shelly scared out of her mind. She said that when she walked from the bedroom to the kitchen, that there was somebody coming through that door. Oh, my God. And she said she was so scared that she couldn't even call us. And she was sitting in the corner of the living room when we got home, shaking all over. But she said there was definitely somebody coming through that door from the kitchen to the bedroom. And that's what that guy said. He said, there's somebody been in one of y'all's houses tonight while y'all was home. That's crazy. That's really creepy. I have like goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, stuff like that that happened, you know, it was kind of hard not to believe. Oh, yeah. Um, there was uh, one more that the girl that they called the widow, she really wasn't a widow, but she was one of the girls that um, was seeing one of the guys that got off the ship. Uh, he came from Georgetown, I mean, from Charleston on the ship to Georgetown. And he would come and he would slip and visit her. And one time he came and he bought her a, a real expensive bottle of perfume. And, uh, it was right after that that 
she saw him down in, in Georgetown with another woman. So she would stand and wait on him in her upstairs bedroom window, and he never did come back. So she drank the perfume and killed That's not good for you. She drank the perfume? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. And it killed her. And you can go to this day and sit in front of that house and you can look up in her bedroom window and you can actually see her standing there looking for him. Hmm. And we saw that several times. Um, first time I saw it scared me half death. Yeah. Because they were telling me, telling me about this and I said, no, no way. I bet she. I bet she did see some things after she drank that perfume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's one of the places that when we would have company come to Georgetown to visit, that we always took them there, and we would go about eleven o'clock at night, and we actually sit there and watch, and we could see her standing in the window pulling the curtain back. Oh my goodness! I would be. Terrified. <laughs> uh, after a while, Haley, I, we saw saw it happen so much. So I got to where I wasn't really as scared as I was the first few times. Yeah. Uh, because actually then I would believe it, you know. When I first was hearing about this stuff, and they were taking us around and telling us all these tales, I was like, no way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. But after a while, well, at we least saw it in a, At least you've had some huh? good, good encounters with ghosts, not the bad ones that people have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to. You know, they were they were enough to spread the daylight out over. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, there was the uh, one of the places down there that you could ride through and there was the, the story of the headless horseman and he got his head cut off in this plantation and we were riding through there one night. We were in a van and we had there's probably eight or ten of us in this van because uh, these people that had a quartet, when they came to Georgetown, they always stay with us. And <laughs> we would take them ghost hunting. <laughs> and we were riding through there one night, and the guy that was driving all of a sudden started screaming and falling out of the van. Uh, he was dead. Said he was being pulled out of the van. Oh my God. Because they said that they they had this thing that they didn't want people coming through that plantation. Yeah. And right after that, we went to this place and stopped to get coffee. And one of the guys that was in the quartet had been in the van. And he stayed, he went and got out of the van to go get coffee. And we all got coffee. And one of them, one of the guys who were coming back to the van hit the side of the van and that guy threw his coffee all over the van and would not get out, would not do anything. We had to take him back that night and we had to give him a sedative to get him to even lay down. Oh my goodness. Uh, he was so scared. Yeah. Uh, but that we got aggravated at the guy that did that because we knew this guy was afraid anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had already been to several different places that night and he was scared. I mean, there was no doubt about it. He, I mean, he admitted it, you know. He said, I've never done anything like this in my life and I've never been been through anything like this. And he was just absolutely scared to do it. Oh, yeah. That's but, terrifying. Uh, if it had been me, I would probably just die by there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
that's just what I was doing because I, I was already, I was used to it by then. But before that, when we would see things and, uh, you know, because you could even, you could ride down through the marsh there at night and you could see uh, they would make their presence known with lights or noises or by other means and you would know somebody was there. You would know that it was something trying to get your attention. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't take much to get mine. Oh, yeah. I felt like I would be already on edge. Uh, but it, it was, all that was very scary. But like I said, every time somebody would come visit us, we would always take them to all these places. And knowing that it was going to scare the crap out of them. That's what me and Drew need to do. We need to come there and do a little tour. Uh, they ha- they actually have ghost tours. We need to down do there. one. Yeah. I've always wanted to do one in like Savannah or like New Orleans or something, but we need to come up there. Yeah, they have them all over in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have them all over Georgia. <laughs> With, yeah, I we, mean, there's just, there's just one right after another, you know, of things that I can remember that we did. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to get some of those spots from you and go down there, check it all out. Well, all right. <laughs> we'll go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go, we'll go. <laughs> you guys better know. We know, where, we know where to go. Uh, we can uh, uh, We can find plenty of ghost stories. Yeah. Uh, but they have uh, one place down there where the, uh, they, when they had the war down there, people would get uh, injured and they would take them to this upstairs house and hide them out. And you could go up those steps and this happened to us too. It happened to me for sure. But you could get on a certain step and you would feel like you were falling but your hand would come up and oh. keep you from falling. Oh no. I mean, you would actually feel it. I mean, I felt it. And it, it kept me from falling down the step. Oh but my just, gosh. But uh, it's just one right after another, but there's so many people that actually, before we took them to these places, they didn't believe it. Yeah. You know, and I, I really didn't either. When we first got down there, our neighbors and stuff started telling us about all these ghosts. And on Halloween, they do a, 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 a ghost, uh, I call it a ghost, excuse me, a ghost hunt. But they actually, on Halloween, is a big time down there. Yeah. And they go from one to another, you know. Uh, they have the one about the dogs on the, uh, the ocean down there. Yeah. Uh, but there's just so many of them down there. Yeah. Uh, we talk about going back down there. Because like I said, we've got friends that still live down there. Yeah, you guys should go down there and visit them. Uh, I, I would really like to. I, I would like to do that. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking somebody down there and show them that this is really this really happened, you know? Yeah, because sometimes it's hard for people to believe things if they don't see them, but I feel like I'm one of those people that I can just, like, sense things and and tell when something's off, so I definitely, I don't have to see it to believe it, but I still, I still want to see it, though. I want to yeah. go up there. <laughs> well, uh, we'll go to Georgetown sometime. Yeah, <laughs> me and Drew will come up and then we'll take a, a little trip. 
Well, come on, you know, we're retired, so we can, we can come in, we can go anytime. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Well, thank you so much, Mimi, for, do you have any more, anything else that you'd like to add or share, or are you ready to wrap it up? Well, I could, I, I'm probably, I've probably told enough, I think, that would get people thinking anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm going to look up those stories of the the gray man and Allison stuff and, and read into those. You can too. find all those. Yeah. There's several books that have been written about it. Yeah. And uh, most of the stories down there though evolve around love and loss, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was one thing that stood out to me that how many of them, you know, had had stuff about love and um, people that had lost their loved ones and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, that's it. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's really that's really interesting. It's like they stick around to to be with them. So, but even if, if, if you want to know any more before we go down there, just let me know and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have more. We'll have more questions and more stories that we want to hear. Well, so, well, thank y'all for talking to me tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for calling or for letting us call you and and get on the the podcast and stuff. We've been really excited yes, about thank it. You. It's kind of interesting for me to remember all those things. You oh, know, yeah. uh, since it's been so long ago, I. Uh, I have one friend that uh, lives in Augusta, and she was one of them. That was my next-door neighbor when we lived in Georgetown. And she and I talk quite frequently, and we talk about this stuff, about how we used to go all these places, <laughs> and uh, how they used to share with us yeah. all these stories. But anyway, it's been kind of... Uh, neat for me to remember some of this stuff. So yeah, we appreciate you. When you get, oh, sorry. Go ahead. When you get ready, just, when you get ready, just let me know. Yeah, we will. We, we will. Definitely will. We'll take you down there. We'll go on a Halloween. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. I'd love to do that. But but yeah, we will. We'll let you know, and uh, we're very thankful that you shared all these stories with us and went back and remembered some of the things that you got to see and experience. So thank you so much. Well, I appreciate talking to y'all, but I always love to talk to y'all. <laughs> we do we too. We do too. We love you very much. Listen, I love y'all so much. Mm -hmm. I miss you so much. You got to bring River up here. Oh, we will definitely so that she can get some playtime in and we can see you and granddaddy. We still got her uh, uh, teddy bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to come up there and get her bear for her. She'll probably tear it apart now. Oh, for sure. But, but we're going to... Milano oh, gets we... it out. <laughs> Milano. We miss Milano, too. And tomorrow we got to keep our granddaughter, Aww. our other granddaughter, uh, Stella. Oh, Stella, we need to come up there and meet her too. She's getting so big. Oh, y'all have to. I mean, Matt just absolutely just loves that dog to death. Yeah, I'm glad that they that they got her. Yeah, me too. But y'all have a good night. You as well. And you too, Mimi. Thank you so much again. Well, you're welcome and. Good luck with your podcast. I've been listening to them. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're doing this. I know it. I know it's interesting for you. Oh yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm just gonna keep yeah. keep on keep keep doing it, and people are listening. So, oh wait, I will, I will. And Drew, you be careful. <laughs> I will. I love you, Mimi. We'll talk to you later. Right. Okay, love you okay. both. Love you too. Bye. 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 That was super cool. That was fun. I had to turn Drew down for a minute because he started snoring.
<laughs> he was like trailing off and I was like, oh God, not again. He's falling asleep. Why is it that men can fall asleep like anywhere, any plate, like any time? It's, it's because of my medicine right now. Mm. Yeah. I didn't think about I do that. I not feel very good. That's what I was telling you. I was trying to tell you that when that whole thing happened, I was like, oh, God. Oh, dear. Maybe you should take it earlier. Eyes. I mean, I was going to take it at eight. But. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap it up <laughs> and get it on out there for a listen. So thank you, Drew, for calling your Mimi. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and thanks for being on the show. I'm going to go sleep now. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.